0: Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Former President Trump recently announced that he is running again. This comes as President Biden just turned 80 years old And even some in the Democratic Party don't want him or his VP Kamala Harris to spend a second term in the White House as president and VP. And joining us now to discuss this is Nick Adams. Nick is a 2020 Trump campaign surrogate. He is also the founder of the Liberty and American Greatness Foundation, and he is the author of a brand new book. It is called The Most Dangerous president, and history. He is a multiple best-selling author, motivational speaker, television commentator, business innovator, and so much more. Nick, so great to have you here on Protecting America.
1: Rita Cosby, the pleasure is all mine. It's delightful to be able to join you and your listeners at this particular time in American history. It's our first conversation, but I certainly hope it won't be our last.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, your life story before we get started on Trump, your story is really amazing. Obviously, we hear your great Australian accent. And is it true that what you were elected to the youngest deputy mayor in Australian history in Sydney, age 21? Talk about that and how you made it to America, your incredible journey, which I know you profiled in one of your books.
1: Well, Rita, thank you for that. Look, I'm 38 years old, so I'm a young man, but it is true. I can't convince your listeners that my accent is from Brooklyn. It is indeed (laughs) from Australia. And I spent the first 32 years of my life living in Australia, born there, went to school there, raised there, the whole lot. That did include, yes, getting elected at the age of 19 to local government. And then just 18 months later, becoming the youngest deputy mayor in Australian history in Sydney, a record which I believe still stands to this day. But my heart was always with America. And I like to joke that I was really an American trapped inside an Australian body for the first 32 years of my life. I was always bold and entrepreneurial and like coloring outside of the lines and doing things differently and blazing a trail and trying to leave a legacy. And all of those things, while they're very noble, there's a lot of cultures that are inhospitable to people that take that approach to life. Australia, European countries, pretty much everywhere else except this country, the United States of America. And anybody that's listening to this podcast reader that's lived, elsewhere or spent time abroad will know and understand exactly what it is that I'm saying. Successful people are resented in other cultures. People that have an unorthodox approach to business or life or their professional life, they are attacked and they're ostracized. And I wanted to come to a place where I would be rewarded for taking risks, where I'd be rewarded for standing out for working hard. And that's why I was naturally attracted to the United States. So it took me a long time, reader, to get my green card and immigrate here to the United States. That happened about six and a half years ago. Last year in December, my journey was completed when I was able to become a United States citizen. So I'm very proud. I just voted in my first election, which was a significant milestone for me. And I still wake up every day, I've got to tell you, Rita, no matter how bad things are, and they are very bad right now, under this president, under this administration, and American culture in general, I think it's fair to say, is is very weak compared to what it's been in the past and what it should be. I still wake up every day, though, despite all of those things, wanting to kiss the soil. I'm so proud and so happy to be an American. I think it's the best country in the world, the greatest in history. And I'm trying to do everything I can in my little capacity to make sure that that stays that way.
0: One thousand percent. I'm a first generation American. So I hear what you're saying so much. We represent so much to the world and we are not perfect, but boy, we are, I think, by far the greatest country. And it's so beautiful to hear it from you and from your perspective, Nick. I know you just wrote a book. It's called The Most Dangerous President in History. Tell us why you think President Biden is the most dangerous president in history.
1: Well, the greatest challenge with this book, Reader, The Most Dangerous President in History, was condensing it into a form that people could actually read. Because anybody that's observed the last two years will tell you that there is more than a multitude of ways that President Biden constitutes the gravest danger that we've ever had here in the US. You could really write an encyclopedia on it. Where do you begin? Is it the people that are behind him that are pulling the strings? Is it his very clear cognitive decline, his senility, his dementia? Is it his policies, the administration? Is it the corruption of his own family, unprecedented really, in terms of his son and his brother and himself as the big guy? The media have been running this protection racket for Biden for the last almost 50 years, and they have carefully crafted this image of Biden as this working class guy from Scranton that is an everyday, regular, ordinary American and a safe pair of hands and not an extreme person, and nothing could be further from the truth. And that's why my book is doing so well, reader, right now. It's because it blows the lid of everything that the media and the elites and the Democrats have been hiding about Joe Biden for so long. It exposes so much of it. And I like to say that Democrats or the people that are running the show have Joe Biden exactly where they want him, senile and in the White House.
0: Why do you believe the media is covering up for Joe Biden?
1: Well, the media, of course, Rita always carries the water for the left. It's always been that way. We saw that with President Obama. We even saw that during the Bush years. Republican presidents are ridiculed and Democratic presidents are lifted up as some level of gods, whether it's their efforts on climate or their efforts on some woke ambition. So I think it's an inbuilt bias that the media has to begin with. But specifically with Biden, the reason that their defense of Biden is so robust is because of the man that he replaced in the White House and the man that they fear the most will get back in to the White House. You really can't separate Joe Biden now from Donald Trump in so many ways, their futures are married to each other. And the media understands this, and they're doing every single thing they possibly can to tilt the scale in favour of Joe Biden. And that's a very sad thing to see, because I think anybody, and I know that this is hard now, given how divided and polarized, the United States of America has unfortunately become. But anybody that's really fair and objective-minded will tell you that there is not one way that their life has improved over the last two years. In fact, it's gone backwards. And the truth is that Donald Trump's four years in office were fantastic for everybody, every color, every age, every pocketbook. He was the best president that we could possibly have hoped for. He really rescued the United States from teetering on the precipice of the Clinton mediocrity that would have encapsulated all of us. And so that's why they want to protect Biden, because by protecting Biden, they also damage Donald Trump.
0: You believe also that President Trump, who just announced, and so far he's the only guy who's officially announced that he's in the presidential race, you believe that Donald Trump is going to get the nomination and you believe that he's going to get the presidency again. Why?
1: Well, Rita, look, I think he is the only person that can really pose a unique challenge to the system. And if you want to judge Donald Trump's likelihood of Winning again. The way to do it, I think, is by looking at how hard they're trying to destroy him. We don't see anybody else being targeted on this level that Donald Trump is. There's a reason for that. There are some great Republicans out there, but at the end of the day, they're not outsiders, they're politicians. Donald Trump was and is so unique because he doesn't need anybody else's money. He's not beholden to donors. He's not beholden to the special interest groups that typically anybody that occupies the role of president has to be by virtue of the way that politics works. That's why Donald Trump is so unique. And that's why he was able to have such a consequential presidency. I mean, consequential in a way, if you look at the court, if you look at what he was able to achieve, And I might just mention, Rita, considering what he achieved and then imagine if the Republicans within his own party had supported him like they should have. The achievement would have been even more extraordinary. So we're really dealing with a man that is an American icon. He transcends politics. He's a cultural figure. And I just spent a bit of time with him a couple of days ago at mar a lago it was my first one on one with him since he's left the White House. And I can tell you, I mean, he is every bit as sharp, as intimidating, as lion like as you can imagine. I mean, this is a man that means business. I think anybody that saw his announcement speech last week, he was disciplined, he was serious, he was focused. He really means business. And I think that he struck a chord with the American people. There's a lot going on in terms of elections, people's concern with election integrity. Obviously, the president's own concerns with it. A lot of people have a lot of doubts about the last election, but I think it's important to look forward rather than back, and I think that's what the president's going to do, and I pray that he wins again. I'm confident that he will. reader. I think he will become the 47th president. And that's going to be a great thing, not just for us, but for the entire world. And Nick,
0: I also see such a contrast too. You talked about his speech. I did think his speech, I thought, was very presidential. And as you talked about, it was very much our campaign as opposed to my campaign. I thought his language was good. Do you believe, if he can keep that tone, that he is unbeatable? And do you believe he'll be able to sort of stay on that course, stay on that message?
1: Rita, look, I hope that he's able to stay on that message. He's certainly more than capable of doing it. He's obviously going to be provoked and by lots of different media outlets and different people and throughout the next couple of years. But I do think that if it's a fair fight, I do think that President Trump can win, In so many ways, Rita, people don't understand necessarily what a stolen election means. Stolen doesn't just mean or doesn't even mean necessarily ballots or anything to do with the actual voting process. Stolen can mean, like in 2020, when you had Mark Zuckerberg spending hundreds of millions of dollars. You had the media and social media covering up the Biden's Biden story. That's not a fair election at all. It's not a fair or free election at all. And they are obviously the concerns that anybody that is supporting Donald Trump is going to have. But I think he can overcome it all. Two years is a long time, reader. We've got no idea what's going to happen in the next two years. Sadly, I think things are going to become worse before they become better. And perversely, that might be to President Trump's benefit. But we have to wait and see. But certainly, if he stays on message, if he makes this a compare and contrast between him and Joe Biden, if he makes it clear that this is just a pause, which is another really great thing I loved about his speech the other day, where he called it a pause, this four years of Joe Biden, if he can... Make the case to the people on day one, Keystone Pipeline, I'm signing it back into law. Day two, this is what's going to happen. Day three, this is what's going to happen. I think it's a very compelling case.
0: Yeah. And finally, as you talked about, your book is, of course, the most dangerous president in history. You sadly touched on it, Nick. Imagine where we're headed in the next two years. What do you think the landscape's going to look like? As we get into the presidential, I mean, we're already starting, but really, when it gets into the presidential season, sadly, with the economy and energy, lack of independence, and so much, it will be a tough time in America.
1: Rita, they're great points that you make. I think you're absolutely right. I don't think inflation is going away. I don't think that gas prices are going to abate. I think it's going to be more pain for people. Their four hundred one k's are not going to be even what they are now. Unfortunately, we're dealing with people that are economic troglodytes. They don't understand what it takes to run a strong economy. Democrats have never been any good at that. And these guys are particularly bad. I hope that what's happening over in Ukraine and with Russia, I hope that that gets sorted out very soon because we really are just a couple of accidents away from potential nuclear war. And that's how serious these stakes are. And I've got to tell you, I really, it's sad to say, but I have very little faith in President Biden in a situation like that to be able to handle himself the way that an American president should and must. So I don't know what the next two years have got in store. I don't think, unfortunately, that they're going to be very pretty. Any study of Joe Biden, like I did in my book, The Most Dangerous President in History, any study of him suggests that we're in for a fair bit of pain over the next couple of years. I think he's going to run. I think they're going to wheel him out if they have to, reader. <laughs> I don't think they're going with anybody else. So I think this is going to be a rematch of 2020. And I think that we could get President Trump again.
0: Yeah, and I think we are in for a bumpy, bumpy ride in the meantime. Nick Adams, it is so great to have you here. Everybody got to check out his awesome book, The Most Dangerous President in History, as we're talking about so many major things happening, not just domestically, but around the world, as Nick was just talking about too, that are on the line. Everyone be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Nick Adams, thank you so much for all you do to keep America safe, your now second homeland. I love that. And also to protect our principles of freedom and liberty. And thank you just for your love of our great country. I love your journey here and how much you really appreciate America. Thanks for being here, Nick.
1: Thank you, Rita. It's been a pleasure.
0: And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.